0: good morning. It's good to see you. Glad that you guys are here today. And I um, I almost wanted to like run up on the stage before the bumper video because I wanted us to, not that it took us away, but just, we, just what we just sang and, and what Justin prayed. I'm telling you, if we meant, even with the smallest amount of ourselves today, what we just sang, then I believe that the scripture that we're going to look at, I believe God wants to do something with that in your lives. Um, I believe that every time I get up here. If I didn't, I need to. I need to do something else. <laughs> um, but I believe that. So keep what we just sang in in your mind. Keep it in your heart. Keep it. You know, let it get stuck up in there. You know how a song does. And and, and keep that there while we go into the message this morning. Um, before I do that, I do want to say a very special welcome to those of you who might be, this is your first time here. You said, hey, I'm going to come and check this place out. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome. Uh, we exist as a church because we just, we believe and we know because we've experienced it ourselves that there is a God who loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Um, and this is why we're here. and This is why you see the the folks in the red shirts that are here to help you and and um, and and we hope that through the message today and, and through our time of worship and all together collectively, like we were just praying that that we would sense that God has a word for us this morning. So, um, I, I last week last uh, Sunday I I guess it was kind of a brag. I kind of bragged on on what was happening last weekend because we had some. Uh, it was a Chrysalis weekend, a three day spiritual retreat and. And we had a bunch of young ladies that were out there. I think of the 42, half of them, 21 of them, were connected to our student ministry, were connected to our church, not to mention all the people that were working, like the adults and students that were working. Are some of our Chrysalis girls here this weekend, today, in worship? Do we have any? Okay, there's, okay. You know how sometimes you expect a different response? Are any of our chrysalis girls here today that we're hearing from last week?: Oh, get you. <laughs> we have caffeinated beverages in the, in the lobby, if you need them. Um, I, I want to continue to do a little, a little brag um, that right now there's a bunch of young men that are, that are out on this same weekend just doing the guys version of it. And, and I be, was it a full walk? Is it 42? And of the forty-two young men out there, twenty-four of them are connected to our our student ministry, uh, connected to the church. And so, not to mention all the people that are working. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Yep. See, that's a little. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and Justin is out there working this weekend, and he came in to help uh, lead worship this morning. And um, thank you for your for you giving up your your weekend for that. And Here's the whole reason that, that we can exist. I believe it's a strengthening agent for the church because it's, it's designed to, to help people. It's not intended to you know, get people to say yes to Jesus for the first time, but that happens. Um, but what it's really designed to do is to help people uh, just block out the world for three days and commune with God and to hear him speak uh, worth and purpose into your life and, um, and then go and live that out, and so I'm just really excited, I said this last week, I'll say it again, I'm really excited to see how, what God does through these two weekends, and what he's going to do going forward in that, so I just, I wanted to take a moment, um, to say that, um, we are concluding our series, so if you really enjoyed that 80s music and seeing Richard Simmons, sorry, that's the last time you're going to see that video, because um, today is the conclusion of our Best Year Ever series, So, um, and, and we have been talking about um, what it looks like for us to go into this new year, 2020, how we can live into this year, and it be the best year ever that we've had so far. That's really been what we've been been looking at and talking about and so before we go much further I want to tell you the passages we will be in so you can go ahead and look those up we're going to be in Proverbs 29 Proverbs 29 then we will jump over to Jeremiah 33 Jeremiah 33 and then Acts chapter 20 So Proverbs 29 Jeremiah 33 and Acts 20 so two weeks ago um, when we met together I talked to you about how we can have the best year ever, like how we can, what can we put into motion, what can we consider as we look at our lives, as we look at our day-to-day life, and two of the things that we talked about in particular were knowing our purpose and then when we know our purpose is then making a difference knowing our purpose right and what I heard from a lot of people was this question of okay but how do I know my purpose like how do I how do I know like I want to make a difference but how do I really know my purpose like how do I engage this how do I understand this and so I wanted us to talk a little bit more about that today as we finish up this series so here's the big idea here's the big idea of, of today's message and it's this if you're a note taker I'd suggest you write this down but a human plan, right, just our made up plan on our own, a human plan apart from a God given vision is an empty pursuit. A human plan apart from a God given vision is an empty pursuit. And I might even add on to there um, in the long term. Right, Because sometimes we can have plans, sometimes we can can plan things out and put them on paper and have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and we can do that and and we can see the results of that and they can be kind of good things, but I'm talking big picture, kingdom of God, eternal life kind of stuff. A human plan apart from a God-given vision is an empty pursuit. I mean, so when you think about that, like your plans, my plans... Apart from God, without having that God-given dream, it's ultimately just going to be flat. Proverbs chapter twenty-nine uh, begins to show us this, to teach us this, and in verse nine, in verse eighteen, excuse me, Proverbs twenty-nine, verse eighteen. We're going to go back to the King Jimmy here for a minute, and this is what it says. It says, "Where there is no vision, the people." Perish, where there is no vision, talking about vision from God, the people perish. And, and with the word vision there, what it means in the translation, it means a dream. It means a revelation. If we don't have a dream from God, if we don't have a revelation from God, the people will perish. And it's not talking about, you know, keeling over. Like that's, it's, it doesn't mean that our lives end. What it means, again in the translation, it's talking about hope dying within. Without a God-given dream, a God-given revelation, hope dies within us. That that aspirations, like our our hopes, the things we want to do, we think, oh yeah, I'm aspiring to do this. Those things die without a God-given dream, a God-given revelation. That our purpose starts to die apart from a God-given dream and a God-given revelation. And for a lot of people, we're walking around empty, we're walking around with, with, with kind of dying inside. Our purpose, our aspirations, our dreams are dying inside because they are not connected to God. In the message version, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, right, that would be revelation from God, right? If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Anyone here ever stumbled all over yourself? I have done some stumbling. As a Christian, I've done some stumbling, thinking I was doing you know going in one direction and God said no 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 and I'm tripping on my over myself you know I, I've seen churches comprised of people who 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 don't see or refuse to see what God is doing like and, and they stumble all over themselves trying to trying to look like they're busy for Jesus the second part of this verse says this but when they attend uh, pay attention to when they you know are really, you know cued into this right when they attend to what he reveals that he being God so if people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they are most blessed and of course that word blessed there is something I think you're going to connect with because that word blessed there it, it means happy in your soul happy in your soul there is a deep soul contentment a true sense of fulfillment when we are living out what God has for us some of you know what I'm talking about some of you are in it right now and you're like yes in tennis there's a a certain section of the racket the middle part of the the racket we call it the sweet spot I believe they're on golf clubs too, but I've yet to find it. But there's a sweet spot, right? I think there's on a baseball bat maybe. Yeah, it's real small, yeah. But it's like when you're playing tennis, and when I used to teach tennis, and I would tell my students, I said, usually there's some sort of like uh, uh, insignia sprayed on the strings, right? And I'm like, that's the sweet spot. Hit the ball in that sweet spot. And I'll tell my students, like, you'll know it when you hit it. Because sometimes it's like, you know, ricocheting off the rim, you know, and all this stuff. But when you hit it on the sweet spot, you know it. And when when I read this verse, I thought, yeah, that's the sweet spot. That This is saying that there is a true soul fulfillment. Like there is this this deep uh, understanding of, yes, I'm in the middle of this, of what God is doing right now. I'm in it. I feel it. And then there's times when we don't hit it and you go, oh, yeah, I felt that too. Have you felt that, that deep soul contentment before? What I would say is that perhaps if you're feeling that soul contentment before or maybe you used to and you don't now or you're going, I have no idea what we are talking about, Shannon, I think it might depend on what kind of a dreamer that you are. You know, what kind of a dreamer are you that, you know, how do you get these these revelations and these dreams from God? How do you understand this? And so I want us to talk together just for a few moments about three different types of dreamers and find out where you might be today. And the first dreamer is actually, technically, I guess, not a dreamer at all because the first dreamer is someone who has no dream. Someone who has no God-given dream. Someone who has no, they're disconnected from God. There is no conversation between person and God. God, what do you have for me? There is no seeking after. There is no, in his word, there is no prayer. Just, there's just getting up and going through a day and there is no connection with God. Someone who has no dream. But I want you to think about this, and 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 this is really like this is a very inward, uh, thoughtful message today. Is where are you? Do you do you sense that God is wanting to say something to you, but you have not been listening, or his his voice is so foreign to you, it's so you don't even know if it's him. Like it might just be that burrito you ate last night. Like maybe that's what that is. I don't know. But is it God speaking to you? In Jeremiah 33, I want us to talk about we've got to connect to God. If you want to live purposefully, if you want to live into what God has for you, we have got to connect to God. And in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, we hear these words. And this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and he says, call to me and I will answer you. Call to me. Call to me and I will answer you. And then he says this, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. See, here's my problem. I have a lot of plans. I would even call some of them dreams they're out of my control I mean there's some plans I have that I can control and I can do this this and this and and complete the plan and check it off and be like good job Shannon and then there's other things I have that are dreams that are going to involve other people other circumstances things going on but folks if those are not connected to God then it's just an empty pursuit in the long run and, and what, I wanted, I, what I'm learning And what I'm wanting to share with you is If we want this to, could, to possibly be The best year ever of our life Then let's say okay God What is it that you want What is it you have for me What is it you want me to do Call to me God says And I will answer you My problem is, is I call him And then I do a lot of talking to him But see God says I will answer you So that means guess what There's some listening that needs to go on I don't need to just report to him my plans, report to him my dreams, and then expect him to, you know, wave a hand over it and it happens. He wants us to listen to him. Because here's the deal. He says in his word that he's going to tell us things that we could not possibly figure out on our own. And there are some really smart people in here. But God says he will tell you stuff. He will show you stuff. He will reveal things to you that you could not possibly figure out apart from him. For some of you in here today, you're disconnected from God. There are no dreams. There's no vision. There's no, there's no really like purposeful future. And I would just say to you, connect to God. He, he says call out to him and Listen. So the first kind of dreamer is someone who has no dream and the second type of dreamer and I find myself here most often is, is you have a wrong dream. Another kind of dreamer is that you have a wrong dream and I don't mean wrong by like really bad or like sinful or oh my goodness how could you but what I mean is like it's a dream but it's it's lacking God. It's like it's a good dream but it's not a God dream. Right? It's It's okay but it's not necessarily what God has for you maybe you've allowed yourself to to dream about things that that only really the end goal is just earthly like it's just temporary pursuits like I want to make x amount of dollars by the, by the time I'm this old and not like so that I could you do things for the kingdom of God just I want to make x amount of dollars by the time I'm this old you know i want to achieve you know i want to live in this house with this much square footage you know i want to i want to get this degree i want to reach this level in the company i want to and we just have these plans but they're they're empty and and they are not bad things there's nothing wrong with those things but but they're they're lacking god they're they're lacking the purposes of god and and i want to tell you something that i believe many of you in here already know but it's a matter of us putting it into action. And it's this, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Are you living into that purpose? Or are you like on one track, good dream, and God's over here going, I've got God dream for you, but, but you're, not, you're, not listen, you're not calling out to me. You're not, you're not hearing me. And we're just chugging along on, on good, good dream, good plan. God has plans for us. We're part of something that, that God is doing here on the earth. In Acts chapter 20, Paul says this, and, and it's and I think it's noteworthy that Paul is the one who says what he's about to say, because Paul, as you know, we've talked about him quite a bit. He was a, a very learned person. He was super smart. He was he was like in the upper echelon of, of the Jewish faith. And and he really didn't like Christians. And then God like turned his life right side up, and now suddenly he's a believer. And now he's taking all of that knowledge, right, that was a good plan, like be really smart about, about the Old Testament, good plan. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But then God's like, now, now let's infuse Jesus into this, the new covenant that I have for you. And now suddenly Paul is like, he is gifted and geared up to do marvelous things in the name of God. So Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, So he's done a lot for God, he knows a lot for God, but he says this, but my life is worth nothing to me. All right, so whatever plans he had, he's saying they're not worth anything. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. So that's a God plan. I've done a lot of things, Paul's saying, but it is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. That's a personal thing there, right? And this is true of you as well. Paul found the greatest joy of his life doing what God asked him to do. And so maybe like I said I've been in this place maybe you're going okay but how do I get to a place where I even know that it's a God dream how do I I tell the difference between a good dream and a God dream Uh, you know some of you are probably worrying like oh my goodness I've been doing this is this not what God has for me I don't know how to say it any other way than this surrender your life to Jesus now I know what some of you are thinking I've already done that Shannon I can tell you the story what I mean by surrender your life to Jesus is have you surrendered your life on January 26th of 2020 at 1144 a.m. See, surrendering our life is a daily. Surrendering our life is an ongoing. Surrendering our life should be the first thing we do every morning when we wake up. God, this is your day. My life is your life. My purposes are gonna be your purposes. I wanna do what it is what you have me to do. I love the prayer that Justin prayed earlier. He said, gently wreck my plans. Surrender. Surrender. What are you holding on to so tightly? Like you are white knuckling your plans and, and, and how do you determine if this is a good plan or a God plan? Loosen that grip and see what happens. Because there's a chance that God will say, oh yeah, it's my, my son, my daughter. I, I know that your desire is to love me and serve me and, and here you go and so, so keep, keep doing what you're doing but just loosen the grip. but I have to be honest with you and say that God might come along and say, thank you. Now let me take that out of the way. I've got something else for you. We need to surrender to Jesus. We've got to surrender to Jesus and I know, and let me tell you, it gets harder as you get older. It gets harder as you have children. It gets harder as you have a mortgage. It gets harder as you have car payments. It gets harder. It is more difficult to do. So, yay for getting older. It's harder. It's not impossible. And so, you know, when we surrender, it's like, God, hello, God, it's Sunday, January 26th. And you can have my life today and you can have my things you can have my possessions god everything actually i have has come from you because you've given me the ability to to earn it or get it or attain it like god it's yours you're a generous and loving god and and god i just i'm I use my career god use my job use use everything use my ideas use my house use me use whatever i have god i surrender it to you because i want my purpose is to be your purposes. I want my dreams to be your dreams. I want to leverage God what you have put in my hands for you, not for me. We need a God dream. I shared this before. After becoming a believer, I thought I needed to go back to school because I felt. This in, deep in my soul, uh, this calling to teach. And I just immediately thought, I thought that meant education, you know, being a school teacher. And I, I just, I thought that, that was the plan, okay? That was the plan. It's not a bad plan, but it was the wrong dream. And thankfully, door after door after door shut on my plans my uh, junior year in college I was engaged and it was a plan but it was the wrong guy and it was the wrong dream so we need to understand these things when I first moved to Valdosta long story but God told me to move to Valdosta and I got here and and for five or six months into living here I was like okay God I obeyed you I moved to Valdosta now I'm ready for you to move me somewhere else and I was living in an apartment and there was a, a cotton field right behind my apartment. It's a like, doctor's office now, but at the time, there was a cotton field there and I walked out there one night and I cried out to God. I called out to God and, and I was, and I said these things and I meant them. I said, but God, I'll do whatever you want. I will go wherever you want. And then, I kind of gulped and I muttered, and I'll stay in Valdosta if you want And I didn't really mean I'll stay in Valdosta but I meant if you want I meant if you want and folks that's surrender that's what surrender looks like And there was no light from heaven and there was no flash of glory and the the ground didn't shake or tremble I walked back to my apartment and I had to remind myself for many many months afterwards of that prayer and so I remained because he didn't tell me to move And then an opportunity came for me to get into part time ministry. But I was teaching tennis at the time, and that had been my career. Sixteen year investment, went to college, did that, like that was my thing. And and so I tried to do both. I said yes, and I tried to do both for a year, and I couldn't give myself to either, really. So it, it came down to I had to make a decision. And I was reminded again of that prayer, standing in that cotton field, if you want. If you want. And so I had to let my good dream of tennis go so that I could embrace a God dream. Now, that doesn't mean that God didn't use that good dream for a period of time. I know he did. And in many ways, you could say that was the God dream for a period of time. But then he had a new one for me. It was really hard to do, but it was a plan and, and for a time God used it but there was more I couldn't do both I had to let them go and I did because a human plan apart from a God given vision is going to be an empty pursuit and I knew it something deep down in my soul I knew that if I continued to just teach tennis and not do ministry that I was not going to be living into fully what God had for me just as Paul prayed for himself I knew that for me I knew it. And so what I would say to you this morning is, is, you make sure that the dream that you're living out is not just a plan that you've come up with, or worse, that someone came up for you. Oh my goodness, that would be horrible. Because if it is, you probably have sensed that emptiness. You've probably sensed that, that lack of fulfillment in your pursuits. So there's three types of dreamers. There's someone who has no dream. There's someone who, who doesn't have a, a God dream, right? They don't, it's not a good dream. And then the third type of dreamer is someone who has a God dream. Someone who's living into this. Someone who's daily surrendering into this. Someone who's willing it's, it's God-honoring. It's, it's many times culture-defying. Like you probably know some people who are living like fully into their God dream and you're looking at them like, wow, that was crazy. How, why did you make that decision? I can't believe you did that. What in the world? Because it's so foreign to us. It's a heaven-impacting dream, right? It's like kingdom. It's, 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 it seems impossible, and I would say this, folks, that a God dream is always going to require God's help. A God dream is always going to require God's help. How many of us are living into dreams and we really don't need God's help? How many of us are living into and, and fulfilling plans that we really don't need God to show up for? Now, a God dream requires God's help, God's presence, God's power. Last week, I shared a Facebook post on my, just my page, my personal page, and it was a, it was a repost. It was, showed up in my memories from a year before, and it was a picture of a brick. Okay, big deal, brick, okay. Um, the brick I picked up one day, I, I got it last January, um, and, and I put this verse with it. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin see that's just a brick it's not a building sometimes we have to be willing sometimes some of us our dream is the building and and God just wants us to take the brick and I got that brick out by the fire pit right out over here Now, some of you may not know but we weren't even a church this time last year we weren't here yet so I guess technically I stole the brick, um, but it, it wasn't being used for anything. I didn't like pull it out of the wall. So, but I got the brick as a prayer reminder. I, I got it and, and and I got it as a reminder. I put it up in in my between my kitchen and my living room where there was like an opening and a shelf and you could see it all the time. And and I got it and I walked by it. I'd pray. I'd you know just put my hand on it stop and pray and and I was praying uh for myself and for the faithful people who felt called who felt that okay we had a plan and we had a dream for a while but God you're stirring up something new inside of us and and so we were praying I was praying for these people who felt called to to plant a new church in our community and at the time, we had no idea, none, what was in store. But, but God has been faithful, and, and God has, has continued to, to fulfill this dream. I mean, we're, we're sitting in, around in it right now. How cool is that to be part of a dream God's fulfilling? So this is what he wants to do in our everyday lives. And what I saw that God is that he started to do things. He he quadrupled the the number of people who I even thought were who who felt called to to go as well. He quadrupled the number I had in my head. He made, does anyone in here like red tape? Nobody likes red tape. God made a fast way through red tape. Praise the Lord. It's a lot of red tape. And I saw him start to change hearts. And then I saw him provide a location. The small beginnings. And then he did what, you know, I think translates to a lot of us. This is when we go, oh, okay. He provided through many of you that are here right now close to half a million dollars in about three months' time. See, that's a God dream. That's a, that's a God purpose when he starts working inside of us and we know that we're called to something. And it's scary It's scary making a change from your plans to God's plans. It's scary going from, for a season, God, this was your plan, but now you've got this plan. That transition is scary. Some of you know it. You've lived it. But it's been worth it, right? It's been worth it. See, once we start dreaming God dreams, what I've noticed in my life is that all the other, other plans and dreams that I have seem really shallow and just kind of pointless. So I don't, I don't know what you're dreaming about today. I have no idea, but I bet you there's some good ones. I mean, I bet you there are some really, really amazing dreams in here. And what I would urge you to do is to loosen the grip surrender it to God and then trust him with what he does and I know that might be really hard for some of you but I can only speak from experience when I say it will be so very worth it Because then you're in tune with the living God You're in tune with the creator of the universe You're in tune with the one who set it all in motion Who breathed life into the first people Who gave us Jesus Christ As the the sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins And then he raised him back to life with that same breath And then he made it possible for you and for me to be redeemed That we don't have to live in the old life He wants us to live into the new life he's given to us It is worth it for us to loosen the grip on our dreams and see what God does next. It's worth it. Because you never know what God's going to do in a year. I had no idea when I made that post last year. So I would say don't stop praying, start praying. And then don't stop praying. And then shout out to our Journey fans. Don't stop believing. And then shout out to our Aerosmith fans. Dream on. I don't have any other references. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Dream on. What kind of dreamer are you today? I don't care what kind of dreamer you were when you walked in the door. I pray that you are someone who's willing to allow God to align, for you to align your dreams with his today. Would you pray with me? God, uh, my prayer is that we would just let go, surrender, loosen that grip today. And um, would you help us, Lord, to get beyond our... Our own, like our personal pursuits that don't have a an end goal that really don't have a purpose beyond like our kind of our selfishness, you know, our personal agenda. Because I, I think those God that that we're going to see, we're going to discover that those are just leading to emptiness. Those are leading to dissatisfaction, really. God, would you help us to dream your dreams? Would you help us to 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 begin the The surrender and God I pray for fresh vision for those who who desperately need it today God I pray that we would go out from here not finished but we would go out of here following your word craving your word depending on your word we would be writing it down we would be getting close to you we'd be connected to you We would shut out the volume that's all around us and we would just lean into you, Lord. I pray, God, that that we get the vision that you've intended for us to have so that we can make the difference that you want us to make in this community, in your kingdom. All for the name, for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.